The Cardinals grabbed the series win over the Brewers. Why last night's win might have been the most important win of the season so far. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio and the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, as well as YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. That way you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. We know it's been a tumultuous start to the 2023 season for the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay, That's not a secret. A, a team that had... So much promise coming into the season after an exceptional spring training. Players did well at the World Baseball Classic, those who were not at Jupiter. Um, the team has been virtually unrecognizable by the end of April. <laughs> and uh, the record was a, a miserable and shocking 10-19. and 19. The front office and the coaching staff were preaching patience, but instead of Turning things around, things seemed to get worse. The team actually fell deeper into a hole by losing their first five games in the month of May, which extended their losing streak to eight in a row. Then things started to get a little serious. People were getting pretty darn upset. You had fans actually booing the team's effort at home. There was the panic move of pulling Wilson Contreras from catching. There's a team meeting that was reportedly led by Paul Goldschmidt that had to take place to help turn things around. And then finally, on Sunday, May 7th, the Cardinals ended their losing streak when the offense erupts for 12 runs and a win over Detroit. The Cardinals won six of seven, including series wins on the road over the Cubs. And then they got the sweep of the Red Sox in Boston. As good as those wins were, because they were great, especially the two come from behind wins uh, in the ninth inning uh, against Boston, the Cardinals still hadn't beaten a first-place team. You know, and, and I preached baby steps. It was like, okay, baby steps. Let's let's win a game and then let's win a couple of games and then let's win a series. And they, they continued to do things like that. The next test was to face Milwaukee, who had just overtaken first place in the division and whom the Cardinals had lost two of three to earlier in April in Milwaukee. And the team came out, the Cardinals come out throwing haymakers, right? In game one of the series when they embarrassed the Milwaukee Brewers 18 to one on Monday behind a dominating Jack Flaherty. Wilson Contreras back behind home plate. He and Flaherty in perfect sync throughout the night. Just, just destroying not only the Brewers hitters, but then offensively unleashing the fury, as I called it, uh, against the Brewers pitchers. And not against like some, some bum. Freddie Peralta is a very good pitcher for the Brewers. They didn't care. They came out. They made a statement on Monday night. But then on Tuesday, we saw flashes of the April Cardinals, who, who were unable to come through with runners in scoring position, and they lose another close game. They've done that a number of times this year by the score of 3-2. to two. So now the series is in the balance. All the good vibes that were coming off of Monday's win 
coming back down a little bit after the loss on Tuesday. You're like, oh, okay. Let's see how they respond, right, on Wednesday. You've got to face their ace, Corbin Burns. Not an easy task. Who, after two rough outings to start the year, was back to his elite Cy Young type of ways. And you had to go up uh, against, you know, not only the intimidating Corbin Burns, but you also decided to make a, a, a kind of a, a big move, a drastic move. The team decides to pull future Cardinals Hall of Famer Adam Wainwright from the start against Burns and instead promote top left-handed pitching prospect Matthew Libertor to take the bump instead. A bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. And pay off it did. After a one-out walk to Paul Goldschmidt and a single by Nolan Gorman, uh, Nolan Arenado records an infield single, which played a goldie to give the Cardinals the one nothing lead in the first inning. And it was a special RBI for Nolan Arenado. It was his 1,000th career RBI. Unfortunately, it wound up being the only hit that Nolan had in the game. He saw his five-game home run streak come to an end. But due to the fact they got the win, I don't think he cares all that much. Uh, according to Rob Raines at stlsportspage.com, the RBI did extend Arenado's streak of driving in at least one run to seven consecutive games, which is one game shy of the longest streak of his career, which he said while he was with Colorado back in 2015. In the fourth inning, the Cardinals had a glorious and I mean a glorious scoring opportunity. Bases loaded. Nobody out. Burns is on the ropes. Can they Can they deliver the knockout punch? Didn't happen. Paul DeYoung and Tommy Edmond would strike out. Newt taps out to the catcher. Score remains one to nothing. And it stayed that way until the sixth inning, when once again Paul DeYoung comes up in a nice situation with a runner on second and two outs. And instead of, and I and I know you were thinking it, Paul DeYoung's going to strike out, isn't he? We're going to see the old Paul DeYoung here. I thought it too. It's okay. It's something we've seen over a number of years. So it's okay to feel that way. But instead, this new Paul DeYoung that, that has arrived at Bush Stadium this year jumps on a 1-1 cutter and deposits it into the grassy knoll in center field or freeze landing, as they like to call it. To make it three to nothing, a huge, huge home run. You get the momentum back. You give the team some breathing room. And the bullpen comes in and shuts it down the rest of the way to get the shutout victory. A monster victory for this team. In my opinion, it is the biggest win of the season so far for the Cardinals. Even bigger than those come from behind wins in Boston. Again, those were huge victories. Loved them. They showed resilience, never-say-die attitude that you need to have in this sport. But on Wednesday, not only did they get the win over their type, top rival in, in the division, not only did they beat the current first-place team in the division, but they beat the best pitcher on that team. They beat one of the best pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. Corbin Burns is as elite as they come. He's one of the best. You know, uh, his numbers coming into this game, what was he? He, was, uh, he had won four of his last six. Had allowed just seven. Or, like, he has been virtually unhittable coming into the game on Wednesday. 
And after the fourth inning debacle where the offense couldn't get the ball past the catcher after loading the bases with nobody out, I even tweeted out that inning could come back to sting them later. And you saw a lot of Cardinals fans respond to it like, yeah, I can't believe it. Oh, man, that's going to screw us. We're, we're done. That's that's going to be the backbreaker, blah, 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 blah. Because you don't get those opportunities against elite pitchers like Burns very often. And not cashing in on that, it swung the momentum back over to Milwaukee. Remember, it's a one nothing lead at that time, so nothing crazy. And a lot of teams might have folded under the disappointment from that inning. The Cardinal team that we saw in April, <laughs> that we watched in April in the first week of May, most certainly would have collapsed after that inning. But instead, they kept pushing and finally broke through with the DeYoung home run, which was, you know, really nice to see. Like, I mean, I don't know anybody who's rooting against Paul DeYoung. I think a lot of us were skeptical on if he had anything left to offer this team. And it, it was nice to see Paul DeYoung redeem himself after being the first hitter who struck out with the bases loaded in that fourth inning. Again, a huge confidence boost for the team, the coaching staff, and the front office who's moved to bring Matthew Libertor up to start this game paid off. It worked. And it also appears that their patience with him is finally paying off as well. We're going to have more on the growth of Matthew Libertor coming up next, plus a preview of the Dodgers series against the Cardinals coming up on Locked on Cardinals. Fit, comfort, and versatility. Things that I look for in my clothing. Something I'm sure you look for in your clothing too. Uh, spring is here. Summer will follow very, very soon. Time to bust out your shorts. And more specifically, it's time to bust out your bird dogs. I know I have. I got two of them sitting right over here next to me. Ready to go. I got the whites. I got the uh, I got the khakis. I got I actually got some gray ones over there too that uh, I'm getting all set up. Got to get them ironed. Got to get them ready to go. They've got the stretchy fabric that moves with your legs. I am somebody who does do some weightlifting, and I've always had kind of like bigger legs for my body. I'm not a huge guy by any means, but for my particular frame, I've always had larger like quad muscles and calf muscles. So I need something that, that stretches a little bit. Bird dogs take care of that. No problem. They're not snug in the areas. You don't want them snug in as well in other areas uh, below the waist. I personally get my shorts a little bit longer. Uh, I like them with the uh, nine inch seams, but you can get them shorter if you want to as well. They've got shorter versions for you and they're great to go do whatever it is you're going to do, whether it's just going shopping with your wife whether it's uh, going out to dinner, going out to lunch, going to a Cardinals game, golf course, driving range, whatever it is that you're going to do, they're perfect because they're comfortable and they look nice too. So if you're ready to take your shorts game to the next level of comfort and versatility, then head over to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And when you enter promo code locked on MLB, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. I know with the weather getting nicer, people are going to start going floating. Nice to have those uh, Yeti-style tumblers for those events. So uh, check them out. You should give them a look. Birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. Take your shorts to the next level. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. The Cardinals face the NL leading Dodgers tonight, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. 
Thank you to my everydayers for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We'll uh, get a rundown on everything that happens tonight at Bush Stadium. We'll cover it tomorrow. Again, fingers crossed. Hopefully, we'll get another Cardinals victory. Um, but before we get to the Dodgers preview, I want to talk more about Matthew Libertor. So the Cardinals promoting and starting Libertor on Wednesday, it couldn't have gone much better than it did. You know, Libby has been very good at Memphis this year and looked just as good against the Brewers last night. We heard about the uptick in velocity, which can be attributed to his offseason workouts. Uh, he, he put a, a plan in place, kind of like how Dylan Carlson did. You know, Dylan Carlson wanted to, to beef up a little bit coming into this year. He, he was kind of lean. Same thing with Libertor. Very, very thin frame, tall frame that was thin and lanky. He wanted to add some muscle to that. So uh, he, he put in the work in this offseason, 4,300 calorie a day diet paired with some weight training. And he's packed on some much needed muscle, which has not only, you know, it makes you feel better about yourself, but also boosted the velocity on that fastball. And that newfound heat was on full display last night. He tosses five shutout innings. He punches out six Milwaukee batters. He was touching the upper 90s at times. I saw him uh, go to uh, 98 at one point. And he showed the poise and maturity needed to be successful at the major league level. Now, people forget that because we've heard his name for so long now, you know, ever since he got traded over, we we, we forget that Libertor is only 23 years old. He will turn 24 in November. He was 18 years old when he got drafted. And if you look at the other first round picks from that 2018 draft, where he went 16th overall to Tampa Bay, you'll notice that not many of those pitchers that were taken in that first round have done all that much. Uh, Shane McClanahan, who technically was a first rounder, he went number 31 overall to the Rays. That was a compensatory pick. So I wanted to do some research here and look through what the rest of the first round pitchers have done since being taken in that draft. And I'm going to keep it to the pitchers one through 30. Okay. No compensatory picks. You, you know, McClanahan's been awesome. Okay. There's one, <laughs> but let's go ahead and start at the top of the draft there. First overall pick, Casey Mize, Detroit Tigers. Hasn't done much. Not a lot of success for Casey Mize so far. 7-13 and 13 record, and I know we're going to look at these records, and you're going to be like, well, a lot of these guys are on crappy teams, so of course their records aren't going to be great, and that's fine. But I'm just throwing them out there for you. 7-13, and 4.29 ERA. Not awful, but he's out. He's had Tommy John surgery, so he's not pitching. Ryan Weathers went number seven overall to San Diego. Career numbers, five and nine, ERA of 5.09. Carter Stewart went eighth overall to the Braves, never signed with them, is now over overseas playing in Japan. Grayson Rodriguez, a name you might be familiar with now, went 11th overall to the Orioles. He's considered one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. He's up on the Orioles now, made his major league debut this year. So far, 2-1, and one, his ERA at 6.57. Logan Gilbert, number 14 to the Mariners. Been pretty good. Solid start to his major league career. He's 20-13, and 3.79 ERA, but he's also 26 years old. Three years older than Matthew Libertor. Cole Wynn, number 15 to the Rangers. He's with their AAA squad, hasn't made the majors yet. Brady Singer went number 18 to the Royals. He made it to the majors in 2020. Career record of 22 and 24. He's got a 4.37 ERA, but he, like Logan Gilbert, 
three years older than Libertor. He's 26 years old. Ryan Rollison went at number 22 to the Colorado Rockies, 25 years old, hasn't hardly pitched since 2021 due to injuries. Mason Denneberg went to the Nationals, number 27 overall, had Tommy John surgery in 2021, is still in A-ball, where he's 0-2 with an ERA of 11.05 so far this season. That's it. <laughs> Those are the first-round pitchers that were taken in the same draft as Matthew Libertor. 1 through 30. Again, not counting compensatory picks. The point of giving you all of that information, because I know in this day and age, we want immediate results in everything that we do. We, we don't have a lot of patience. But when it comes to pitchers, you have to have that. It usually takes a little more time for them to develop, to get them up to the major league level. And then when they get there, it normally takes a little bit while after that before they start to see consistent success, if they have any success at all. The Cardinals have shown patience with Libertor since making that trade, which probably wasn't all that easy for them after seeing what Randy Arozarena has done since going over to the race. I know myself and other Cardinals fans have been very impatient to have Libertor produce for the major league team. And again, mostly because <laughs> we're jealous of what Randy Arozarena has done in Tampa Bay. It's his fault, really. Because you think about it, if that trade goes down and Randy Arozarena goes to Tampa Bay and just as an average, even a little bit above average, He's just an okay outfielder. You wouldn't have even blinked an eye about how long it was taking Libertor to move up through the minors. You really wouldn't have worried about it so much. But because Randy Arozarena has gone on to become a superstar, we jumped to the conclusion, at least I have, that it was the worst trade ever and that Mo got taken advantage of. I mean, go look at the Cardinals message boards when that trade is brought up. Because, you know, it, I, I personally think it was like a misjudge of talent of how good Randy Rosarena was. The same can be said about Adolis Garcia, who continues to thrive with the Texas Rangers. Got virtually nothing for him. And when people tell me about, oh, I can't believe we traded Randy. At least, I, I say this all the time. Like, at least we got Matthew Libertor in return. Still waiting on what he's going to be for the Cardinals. But at least you got something that has a lot of promise in it. And it did when they made the trade. You know, first-round left-handed pitcher who hasn't had a, you know, an injury history all that bad. That certainly has the tools to become somebody for your major league club. That's a big deal. Now, <laughs> so far with this trade, I mean, you're going to say Tampa Bay has won the trade. And it's true. They have. But what we saw on Wednesday night against Milwaukee could be a glimpse into the future of what a what a healthy, mature, and confident Matthew Libertori can add to this rotation, not only for this year. Because I, I prepare yourself for him to go back down to Memphis. Prepare, prepare yourself. Because it could happen. Even if he goes off and has a, a couple of good games after this, there's a chance they have to send him back down because your rotation is full and people are going to lose their minds if that happens. 
but it could happen. So prepare yourself. But um, think more about what he'll mean to this team next year, too. When Wayno is out, retired, and possibly losing Jack Flaherty and Jordan Montgomery as well. They may not be on this team next year. They could leave as free agents. So the future with Matthew Libertor, it looks bright. And it was on display on Wednesday. And I know it's one start. And I know that the Brewers don't hit lefties well. And we shouldn't start, you know, handing him Cy Young Award trophies just yet. I get that. But it's okay to feel feel good about what you saw last night. It really is. Enjoy it. It, it was fun to watch. The Dodgers are in town starting tonight. We're going to preview that series next for you on Locked on Cardinals. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience by collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you get to keep the cards, which is great. You don't lose them. Like, if you don't do well, it's not like you lose one of your top players. It's okay. You get to keep them. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance. You'll collect increasingly more powerful cards, and you'll access next-level competitions and rewards, like so rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, VIP experiences. You could even meet some of your favorite MLB players. Head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free players. Set your lineup. Start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. The Cardinals are sending Uncle Charlie, Adam Wainwright, to the mound tonight against the Dodgers. And you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. The Dodgers have the best record in the National League right now. They're, they're, they're very, very good. Uh, Let's look it up here real quick. I believe they're 28 and 12 coming into the series tonight. Let me let me triple check on that. 28 and 16. So I was off. Okay. 28 and 16. But again, that is the best record in the National League. They're, they're a very good team. And they've won eight of their last 10. They're in town for a four-game series. The Cardinals just faced them out in LA. End of April. It was the beginning of the eight-game losing streak, the infamous eight-game losing streak where they got swept by the Dodgers and then got swept by the Angels. They lost uh, seven to three, one to nothing, and then six to three. They faced Dustin May, Clayton Kershaw, and Noah Syndergaard in those matchups. Um, they're going to face two of those guys in this four-game series. Dustin May is now out with an elbow issue, just got hurt yesterday. Uh, Clayton Kershaw dominated the Cardinals in their last meeting. Noah Syndergaard... Not a good pitcher, but at the time, the Cardinals were not a very good baseball team, so they lost to him. Tonight, you're going to get lefty Julio Arias, who is uh, five and three on the year, but has pitched well in his last three starts against San Diego and Philly. As with most lefties, the righties hit Urias better, which is nothing shocking. Um, righties are batting 247 against them this year compared to uh, 209 for the left-handers. The good news is is that he is a much better pitcher at home. His ERA in L.A., 1.99. Spectacular. On the road, he, he it's like uh, 
superhero and human. Okay, so superhero at home on the road. Opponents are hitting 310 against them. Has an ERA over six. He's also been susceptible to the long ball, giving up 10 home runs this year, which is the fourth highest amount in the league. Arenado is hitting 462 against him in his career. So you like that matchup. Arenado's been ripping the ball out of the park. He's been hot. Hopefully he stays hot against him tonight. Uh, it's the same cast of characters as before on the offensive side of the, the ball for the Dodgers. Max Muncy leads the team in home runs and RBIs. Freddie Freeman is hitting 455 with six ribbies in his last six games. So let's be careful with Freddie Freeman in this one. Uh, catcher Will Smith, who was coming back off the, the concussion when the Cardinals faced him last time, has uh, been pretty hot, hitting 353 in his last four games. But they've still got Mookie Betts, who can burn you at any moment. J.D. Martinez is still there. Chris Taylor, still there. They've still got Jason Hayward as well, who hasn't done much. He's hitting under 200 this year, but for some reason was productive against the Cardinals in that series, which drove all of us just batty. That was stupid. <laughs> I didn't want to see that. So let's bottle him up because I'm sure he's going to get a start at some point in this series. And, you know, the, the, the Jason Hayward revenge games, I don't want to see that, man. He is not good. Let's figure him out, okay? That was embarrassing. Uh, the rest of the pitching matchups for the series after tonight, you got Tony Gonsolin against Steven Matz. Gonsolin um, coming back off injury at the beginning of the year has been pretty good. Uh, Noah Syndergaard is not good, but somehow – Held the Cardinals at bay their last meeting. He'll face Miles Michaelis, who's been very good recently. Uh, then on Sunday, Clayton Kershaw against Jack Flaherty. That could be an interesting one, especially if we get the Jack Flaherty we just saw the other night because Clayton Kershaw has been on his game this year. It wasn't just against the Cardinals that he's been good. He's, I don't know, man, fountain of youth for Clayton Kershaw this year. Uh, the Dodgers are a really good team, but right now, so are the Cardinals. And that's good news. After taking two of three against Milwaukee and beating their ace, Corbin Burns, on Wednesday, I'm hoping the guys can take that momentum to at least, at the very least, let's get two of four against the Dodgers in this series. Obviously, you want to sweep, but that's a difficult thing to do, especially at a, against a very good team like L.A. So at least two of four. You can pull out three of four. Wonderful. My click to pick. All right. Brendan Donovan against the Brewers. He was meh. Nothing too special. I'm going to roll with Tommy Edmond in this one. Right fielder Tommy. No, I'm just saying that to be a goofball. Tommy Edmond, wherever he's going to play this weekend, that's my click to pick. Dodgers are going to start two righties and two lefties. They're going to switch it up. Tommy Edmond, the switch hitter. I like his ability to, to hit from both sides of the plate. He's been looking pretty darn good at the plate as well. I think it lines him up to be a key cog for the Cardinals offense in this series. Once again, thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast against the Los Angeles Dodgers at Bush with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like, subscribe on YouTube. Help the channel and our love for the Cardinals grow. 6,000 subscribers. You guys rock. Appreciate you there. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason. Let's go get a series win against the Dodgers. That'll be fun, right? I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.